0: Hi everyone, welcome back to Hitchcock University where you learn filmmaking from the masters. My name is Taylor Bickle and last last class session we talked about Planet Terror and this class session we're going to get into Death Proof. So I know it's possible that some of you are maybe not listening to the Robert Rodriguez ones and only listening to Tarantino or vice versa or whatever, um, so I'm going to back up a little bit. We're going to do a little bit of review. I'm sorry if you've already heard this before. Um, I'll try to keep it short. So Planet Terror and Death Proof are the two films that make up Grindhouse, which was uh, Tarantino and Rodriguez's sixth collaboration, I believe. And so what that means is what they were trying to do was recreate a grindhouse double feature, an exploitation film double feature that would have been seen at a grindhouse cinema. They were usually really bad, old, falling apart theaters that would show exploitation movies. And these exploitation movies were low budget, designed to exploit some idea, whether it was, uh, you know, teen cheerleaders or zombies or whatever you know, done very cheap. They'd make like 10 prints and then tour them across the country. So by the time they got from the East Coast to the West Coast, they were all beat up. They'd have missing reels. They'd have splices. where projectionists somewhere along the line cut out some of the movie and took it home with them. Um, you know, they were all scratched. They were just awful. So that was the point. That was what they were trying to do. And and um, these, these are some of Quentin Tarantino's and Robert Rodriguez's favorite kinds of films. So they wanted to try to recreate... That sense. So when you watch these movies, there's all these technical mistakes and all these um, weird things in them because they're trying to replicate that. In fact, Quentin Tarantino said um, in an interview called Tarantino Bites Back from. Quentin Tarantino interviews the book. He says, most of the clumsiness was done in the editing room, but we did have this fun mantra that we could say on set that anytime something didn't quite work or we just didn't film or, or we just didn't film the right kind of transition or there was a piece of equipment in the shot, hey, that's Grindhouse. That was the way they approached these movies. And and, and and they did even more to the to the finished work in the edit. So what they decided to do is normally these double features would be themed somehow. Not all the time, but sometimes. And so since Rodriguez had already had the idea for Planet Terror, and it was kind of a zombie film, Quentin decided that they should stay within the horror genre, and that he would make Death Proof um, a slasher film. He would make his movie a slasher film. And part of that was he had just gotten done re-watching the slasher, slasher films and kind of getting, getting through them and working through, you know, working his way through them, and And the thing about all slasher movies is they're very formulaic. So he knew that if he was going to take on a slasher film, he would have to do it his way. A lot like he had done the heist film. You know, Reservoir Dogs is a heist film where you never see the heist. He was going to have to do a slasher film his way. He was going to have to do some new spin on it. So, like, for example, he intentionally structures structures one of the characters to appear that she's going to be the final girl if you're not really familiar with slasher films the final girl is the one who she's part of this group but she's not she's kind of on the outside she's a little different than the rest typically jamie lee curtis's character is the final girl you know and usually she's the one that has the she's the final girl she's the one who lasts she's the one who survives she's the one who who kills the The bad guy. So he structures it so that we think Vanessa Ferlito is going to be the final girl. But then he changes up the whole formula on us, you know, halfway through the movie. And, you know, most slashers, you know, most most slashers. Well, they get that name from from having a knife or a machete or or some sharp object that they slash their victims with. Well, Quentin came up with a different idea. You remember back in the day when, when he was just just becoming a director and he wanted to get a new car, and he wanted a really safe car. And one of his buddies said, Well, what you could do is you can get any car you want, and then you can take it over to a stunt team, and for about ten grand, they'll give you a death-proof car. You know, because that's what they have to do. They have to make cars that you can just totally trash and walk away from. And he remembered that and he was like, Oh, well, that'd be good I could use the car as a weapon so that's where the name comes from death proof because stuntman Mike played by Kurt Russell has a deathproof car and that's what he uses as his weapon <laughs> and then of course that naturally led well if we have a stuntman using a car as a weapon that means we have to have a car chase because this is the other thing with Quentin Tarantino, it's not just about working within a genre, you know, and working playing with the conventions, and then kind of coming up with your own spin on them. He also enjoys working within set pieces, and then figuring out how to put his his twist on a set piece. So naturally, if the if the slasher is going to have a car, we need a car chase, and this was his chance to do what I what I think. He he calls it one of the greatest car chases in cinema history. I'm going to let everyone else decide what they think about that. But, of course, Quentin being Quentin, you know, he's not that into CGI. He's not that into digital film. He's not that into, you know, a lot of things. He wanted to do an old school car chase where real cars crash into real cars and real dumb people drive them. That's a line from the movie. Um <laughs> Because he didn't like how they evolved. Um, He he wanted no CG. He wanted, you know, just one camera, not, you know, 20 cameras, you know, capturing everything so that, you know, you have to use all 20 shots because they all got something good. You know, one, maybe two cameras, you know, no under-cranking, you know, so that that it's a higher or a, a lower frame rate, so it looks like things are going faster than they are. He wanted real speed. You know, let the shots ride. Don't cut it up so much that we can't really tell how fast we're going or where we are. You know, actually shoot with the cars. Don't put the car on the side of the road and let the cars go by. And the most important element of this is he needed his protagonist at some point to turn the chase around and start chasing the antagonist. So Stuntman Mike chases them down, runs them off the road doesn't you know doesn't finish the job, and then they come back and start chasing him. That was when he said that was the thing about car chases that 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 he said made some of them so great was when you were rooting for someone to get the other guy. You know, I think Bullet does that. Bullet, in fact, that's all the Bullet chasing is. You 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 want Steve McQueen to get those guys. And that's 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 been long held as one of the greatest car chases in cinema history. So, coming up with a car chase. Well, that means we need stunt drivers, we need stunt people, we need all these things. Okay. Well, so he's just coming off of Kill Bill. And Uma Thurman's stunt double in that movie was a wonderful um, New Zealander by the name of Zoe Bell. Zoe had just finished doing Xena and was looking for her next job when she came in for... For Kill Bill, and Quentin really liked her and thought she was perfect, and so he 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 basically cast her as Uma's stunt double. During that time, when she's trying when, when she's just getting off of Xena and she's going to do Kill Bill, there was a documentary crew following her around, and they made a film called Double Dare, which is about Zoe Bell and I'm gonna forget her name, but the stunt woman who did all of the stunts for the original Wonder Woman show. And they were kind of comparing and contrasting these two women's careers and how you had the old guard and the new generation and that kind of thing. And Zoe was so, she's very vulnerable and she just really let her personality fly. And so Quentin knew that the same person he saw on the set after he saw Double Dare was the same person, you know, you know she didn't wear a mask. She was pretty, That she was just Zoe. That's it. And on the set of Kill Bill, Quentin directed Zoe in a way that kind of required her to act. It wasn't just, I need you to do these moves. It's, this is your motivation. This is, you know, this is why you need to get there. This is how you need to get there. This is, those sorts of, he, he, he brought, he, he made Zoe approach her stunts from an acting perspective. It wasn't enough for her to just do the stunts. She had to perform. So, Quentin knew based on that that she could be an actress. And he loved the idea of having his stunt woman also be an actress in the film so that she could do crazy stunts and you could see her doing the crazy stunts. You know, because normally you put an actress in a situation and then you bring in the stunt double. Well, now you got to shoot their back or you got to shoot them from far away so you can't see their face. But this way he could be right there with her, showing all the craziness happening. And she would be totally comfortable and then could act scared, of course. So Quentin wrote Zoe into the movie. He wrote her lingo, he wrote her stories, he wrote everything to the point that when Zoe got the script, she was like, wow, not only am I on half of the pages in here, but this is me. Like he, he, it's like he copied me onto the page. So enter Zoe Bell. Um, now a, uh, now an actress in modern exploitation films, uh, for the most part, um, just doing her stuff, uh, which is really cool. So yeah, that is all we have for, yeah, that's all we got for Death Proof. If you like what you've been hearing, uh, you can give us a like, a rating, a comment, a review. Otherwise, on, or if you don't like it, that's cool too. Um, let us know. Uh, wherever it is you listen to the show on SoundCloud, uh, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn Institute Radio, Google play, what have you. Um, uh, da, 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 da. Uh, Oh, Oh, and, and if you're interested to see some of the stuff that I've been doing, um, some of the stuff I've been trying that Robert Rodriguez has taught us, um, then you can go to, uh, the Hitchcock university YouTube channel. You can subscribe there. Um, every couple of weeks I've, uh, I've got something new. Um, I'm trying to keep that educational as well and not just, uh, not just totally for me. Um, and then, uh, oh, oh, and and of course, you can keep up with all that stuff and everything we're doing here at the pod on um, on Facebook, the Hitchcock University Facebook page. And, or you can follow us on Twitter at Hitch underscore U as in university. Um, that, da, 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 is that it? Is that it? Oh, uh, a couple weeks we'll do Inglorious Bastards. Then we'll do Django Unchained. Then we'll do The Hateful Eight. So we got a we got a marathon of uh, Tarantino. Um, I I would love personally to to be doing more more Robert Rodriguez in there. I I, I just don't have enough information for those, and I don't want to force an episode when it's not needed. Let's see, is that it? Yeah. Okay. So yeah, we will talk to you again in two weeks. Thank you so much for listening to Hitchcock University, where you learn filmmaking from the masters like Quentin Tarantino. My name has been Taylor Bickle, uh, and we'll talk to you again in two weeks. Thanks.